Get ready for a journey into the heart of Bridgeport politics with In Absentia, a new podcast from Connecticut Public's investigative team, The Accountability Project. Learn about the city's past and present political dysfunction and the systems that enable it. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts. Funding provided by Robert Yeager and the Tao Foundation. This is where we live. I'm Lucy Nalbethanchel. Were you a Boy Scout when you were a kid? Today, where we live, we're talking about the Boy Scouts, a more than 100-year-old organization that in recent years has been forced to change. Most recently, the Boy Scouts of America announcing it would admit girls to the historically single-sex youth group. Why the change now? We'll find out this hour. Coming up, we'll also hear the perspective of parents, including a Connecticut father who leads a Cub Scout group in his town. What skills do you want your son or daughter to learn as a scout? You can join the conversation, 860-275-7266. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Where We Live. Now, reaction to the Boy Scouts of America's announcement last week has been mixed, including from the Girl Scouts, a separate organization. The CEO of Girl Scouts of Connecticut, Mary Barnaby, will join us later. And Stephen Smith, CEO and scout executive at Connecticut Rivers Council. This is a chapter of the Boy Scouts. First, a little history of the scouting movement and how it's started in the U.S. Joining us by phone is Tammy Proctor, department head and professor of history at Utah State University, also author of Scouting for Girls, A Century of Girl Guides and Girl Scouts, and co-editor of Scouting Frontiers, Youth and the Scouts Movement's First Century. Tammy, welcome to where we live. Thanks. Happy to be here. So many of us know about the Boy Scouts and the Girl Scouts, whether we were scouts as children or brownies. Uh, but tell us a little bit about the history of these organizations. I think it goes back uh, pretty far. Yeah, yeah, over a century now. Um, both organizations started in Great Britain. And uh, the movement started with a scheme that was designed for boys um, called Scouting for Boys. But almost immediately, girls began seeking to enter the movement. They got a hold of the guidebook, either from their brothers or from, you know, local shops. And um, sometimes they had, you know, fairly unusual ways of uh, gaining admittance to the movement, you know, writing off for merit badges by using just their initials. Um, so, that, you know, they could kind of disguise that they were girls looking to be Boy Scouts. Um, and so the organization's founder, uh, Robert Baden-Powell, created a separate girls' movement in 1909, so a couple years after the Boy Scouts uh, started, to um, create the same kinds of opportunities for girls, but in a single-sex organization. You mentioned that there was that separate organization created in 1909. What were some of the fears within uh, the Boy Scouts uh, that if they had girls as part of their membership, what that would mean? Well, the first Boy Scouts were, um, the age range was kind of limited compared to what we know today. So it was basically boys from about 11 to 14, 15 years old. And so the big concern was that boys wouldn't want to be part of a movement with girls, that it would be considered, you know, not very adventurous or, you know, they didn't really want to hang out with the girls. That was that was a big concern. And then as they got closer to the older range, there was obviously concerns about mixing boys and girls in camps and, um, uh, you know, fears about sexuality in particular. So I think the idea was that it would be hard to attract boys if there were girls in the movement and that, you know, as the movement progressed, it might be troublesome. 
You mentioned it. The scouting movement started in Great Britain. Um, as we uh, move over, uh, you know, a hundred years or so, how have scouting groups changed abroad? Now that we're talking today about this idea that the Boy Scouts of America will accept girls starting next year. Yeah. Well, a lot of movements have have become co-educational. So, you know, at the beginning, the two movements spread separately. Boy Scouts in Britain spread worldwide. Girl Guides, which that's what they're called in Great Britain, also spread worldwide, but separately. Um, Probably for the past, oh gosh, it's about 30 years now, um, many of the countries have merged their movements into co-educational organizations. Some of them have retained the ability for local troops to remain single sex um, as well as having mixed sex troops. Uh, I think that the idea was to keep it kind of flexible so that according to local customs, you know, it might be um, more appropriate, you know, for one troop to be single sex and one troop to be mixed. So they've they've kind of um, played with the formula a little bit in different countries. An example is Turkey, where they allow both mixed sex and single sex um, troops in the in the scouts. Oh, Tammy, when we talk about the evolution of the Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts here in the United States, um, how have these uh, groups evolved differently? Uh, well, the two, as I said, came separately to the U.S., and from the beginning, they really set out on different paths. Um, they had both had very strong leadership. Uh, both felt very strongly in the single-sex organization of the two movements and proceeded accordingly. Um, I think that really in the last 50 years or so, you've seen some pretty wide swings between the two movements. The the Girl Scouts are considered to be a much more urban-focused movement. They've um, pushed the boundaries a bit. They supported the Equal Rights Amendment in 1975, for instance. They've um, often portrayed themselves as a feminist movement. Um, they've done work in juvenile detention centers. You know, they really have um, tried to kind of push the boundaries of what their original image was. The Boy Scouts have... Um, a, a reputation of being much more focused on the West, on um, both urban and rural areas. They have an association with the, at least in Utah, with the LDS Church. They, um, I think, have been seen, particularly since the Supreme Court ruling in 2000, um, where they were, you know, sort of named a, a private organization. They've been seen as a more conservative organization than the Girl Scouts. And how has that uh, prompted parents to either accept or maybe not be as interested in having their children uh, both involved in the Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts? As the Girl Scouts seem more progressive, and as you said, um, maybe the Boy Scouts appear to be more conservative. Well, I think in both cases, it's created splinter groups. So, you know, in the Girl Scouts, uh, especially in about the last 10 years, there's been these kind of alternative Girl Scout groups that have um, grown up, I would say, mostly in the Midwest. And these are uh, groups that want a portion of the Girl Scout program. You know, they want camping and service and, you know, activities and civic engagement. But they want to remove what they think are the political biases of the movement. And in the same way, I think the Boy Scouts have seen, you know, there was a pretty large splinter movement after the 2000 case um, of scouts that were pushing for acceptance of, of gay scouts into the movement. And 
So, you know, in both cases, I think they've seen challenges to the stance that they've taken at the national level. This is where we live. On the phone with me, Tammy Proctor, department head and professor of history at Utah State University. She's author of Scouting for Girls, a century of girl guides and girl scouts, co-editor of Scouting Frontiers, Youth and the Scouts Movement, Movement's First Century. Uh, today we're talking about uh, the recent announcement last week, the Boy Scouts of America announcing they will accept girls into their organization uh, starting next year. Uh, what do you think? Were you uh, a Boy Scout or a Girl Scout growing up? Is this something that uh, you embrace or if this is something that you think is not a good idea. We want to hear from you this hour, 860-275-7266. Tammy, what is your reaction to uh, the Boy Scouts of America's announcement uh, last week? Well, you know, I think it's it's been something on the horizon for a while. Uh, They've been talking about doing it. And in fact, you know, the Boy Scouts allowed girls in 1969 at at the Venture Scout level. So the older scouts so it's not like it's an entirely new thing for them to do. Um, and Canada, you know, for instance, has a has a co-ed um, scout movement as well. So it's it's not entirely surprising. I think the timing is, um, it, you know, it's it feels a little bit like a turf war with the Girl Scouts, the way it was announced and the the timing of the announcement, given that scout numbers have dropped and there's been some controversy about, um, you know, their announcement that they were going to allow gay scouts. And the Girl Scouts' reaction, of course, points to that. Um, So I think, you know, from my point of view, it would have been better if the two organizations could have found a way to work together if they were going to create something coeducational. Because I think in the countries where it's worked best, that's what's happened. You mentioned also in other countries there have been uh, mergers of these two youth organizations. Is that possible in this country, given, again, since the news broke, there have been some um, strong criticism of the Boy Scouts of America in in, uh, announcing this. Uh, I saw some uh, opinions and op-eds that uh, the Girl Scouts believe this is undercutting their organization, all based on membership. Uh, Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I think it would be really difficult given the histories of the two organizations. They've um, had a contentious relationship for a long time. Um, you know, they they fought legal battles over trademark issues in the 1920s. And, um, you know, after the announcement in 1969 of the Venture Scout scheme where girls were allowed, uh, the Girl Scouts kind of doubled down on the fact that they were a single-sex organization that, that had the best interests of girls at heart. And I think we'll see some similar kinds of reactions to them over the next few weeks. Um, and so, yeah, I'm not really sure, <laughs> you know, barring a, a really good negotiator, how they, would, how they would do this. Plus, you know, they have separate financial structures and headquarters. And, it, you know, it would take some work for them to merge. Uh, what are what is the value of of these single sex youth organizations today, Tammy? Uh, there's there's obviously the jury's out whether single single sex education is necessarily a good thing. It just depends on the perspective of the parents and the educators. Yeah, well, you know, I think what the Girl Scouts would say is that um, we live in a world where it's still important for girls to have a place where they can express themselves and and gain a sense of self worth and self-reliance, given the obstacles that they might still face um, in interacting in a co-educational society that, you know, that they they need to gain some skills, and a single-sex organization is the best place to do that. 
I think the Boy Scouts would counter that and say, well, you know, we're, we're all aiming for the same thing. This is all about character building, and it's good for both boys and girls to um, experience, uh, you know, these programs and uh, outdoor activities and character building service schemes together. Um, there are probably quite a few Boy Scouts and Boy Scout leaders who are not going to be that open to having girls. So, you know, it's <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. I wanted to read a tweet from a listener. Uh, ben writes, as an Eagle Scout, I support the decision. Scouting should not be gendered. And you can join the conversation, too, 860-275-7266. I want to thank uh, Tammy Proctor again, department head and professor of history at Utah State University. And uh, I wanted to thank you again. She writes uh, Scouting for Girls, author of a Scouting for Girls, a Century of Girl Guides and Girl Scouts, co-editor of Scouting Frontiers, Youth and the Scouts Movement's First Century. Tammy, thanks so much for your time today. All right. I appreciate it. Thanks. This is where we live. I'm Lucy Nalpathanchel. Since their inceptions, both the Boy Scouts of America and the Girl Scouts have operated as separate organizations. How will the news that the Boy Scouts will begin accepting girls next year change the makeup of both groups? Is your son or daughter a scout? What's your take? Join the conversation, 860-275-7266. Email where we live at WMPR.org. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at Where We Live. This is where we live. I'm Lucy Nalpathanchel. What are the benefits of single-sex youth organizations? That's one of the questions some are asking after one of the best-known groups for kids in the country, the Boy Scouts of America, has announced it will begin accepting girls next year in their Cub Scouts and Boy Scouts programs. Now, what does this mean for the Girl Scouts, an entirely different youth organization? As a parent, will this news change your views on either group and whether your son or daughter will participate in them? We want to hear from you. 860-275-7266. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Where We Live. Now, in studio with me now is Stephen Smith, CEO and Scout Executive at Connecticut Rivers Council, and Mary Barnaby, CEO of Girl Scouts of Connecticut. Stephen and Mary, welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you. Good morning. I'll start with you, Stephen. Um, first, uh, for those of us who don't know about Connecticut Rivers Council, tell us about the organization and its relation to the Boy Scouts of America. Connecticut Rivers is a council of the Boy Scouts of America. We're one of about 240-some councils. We serve everything from Rhode Island to New York and across the mass border, basically all the way over to New Haven. Then we cut up to I-84 and cut across. So what does your membership look like throughout the state? We serve between twenty and 25,000 youth with another five to 7,000 adult leaders. A lot of attention on the news last week that the Boy Scouts of America announced it will begin accepting girls into the Cub Scouts program and then later uh, the Boy Scouts program. As a local chapter, when did you first hear about uh, this? Actually, I joined the scouting in 82, and it's been talked about for years. Most recently, though, in probably May of this year, it got very serious. Uh, we all flew into Dallas, all the executive directors, and had a conversation with our chief executive officer. And at that point, he asked us straight out, um, were we going to support it? And if we weren't, we were going to back away from it, or should we go forward? And resoundingly, it was move forward. He went to the national board in May, and all of our charter partners came into that meeting. 
And they also said we should move forward with the plan. So why now? You know, it, I go back and some people are going, well, you're just now opening to girls. And quite honestly, we have seven programs. Five of them are co-ed, two are not. Our last two are opening up to girls now. And it just it's a good time to do that. You mentioned the five programs. Our earlier guest mentioned the Venture Scouts as one example. What is that? Venture Scouts is a co-ed program. It's more for teenagers. Um, and it's camping out of doors. And it's just an extension of high adventure um, and includes girls. And we heard from our earlier guest, too, that, uh, you know, Boy Scouts, as you look at the evolution, uh, it tends to be more conservative. Do you think accepting girls will be a good thing? I, we've been accepting girls since 71, so it's not really a bad thing. It's just a continuation of moving forward. Yes, there's been a whole lot of movement um, in our organization since our new CEO got in, and we're finally catching up with the times. You mentioned uh, a couple times now that you've been accepting girls. So to explain the um, what this announcement last week actually is. It actually is our last two programs and our biggest programs, Cub Scouts and Boy Scouts, will go and accept girls, where the misnomer is it's not co-ed. Um, they're still single-sexed um, groups. There will be boy dens. There will be girl dens. They will meet as families and do openings. They will split into their gender programs and then come back together. It's more to keep families together. They've been participating as families forever, and boys have gone through and done their thing, and the girls have done theirs, and the boys get their ribbons, and the girls sit there and say, what about us? Now, in terms of uh, who are the, the scout masters and the cub masters, could moms be in this position at some point? They already are. Women have been leaders in scouts all the way back. This is where we live today. We're speaking with uh, local Boy Scout and Girl Scout officials. In studio with me, Stephen Smith, CEO, Scout Executive of Connecticut Rivers Council, and uh, Mary Barnaby, CEO of Girl Scouts of Connecticut. You, too, can join the conversation, 860-275-7266. I want to take a quick call. Uh, Lynn is calling from Durham. Lynn, you're on the show. Oh, hi. Um, I'm calling regarding girls and the Boy Scouts. I think it's a, a wonderful idea um, when I was... Uh, younger, I really wanted to be in the Boy Scouts, but I, I was in the Girl Scouts. Actually, I um, get involved in Girl Scouts for 10 years. I was a Girl Scout troop leader also. And um, I think that it would be... Um, it was uh, it was great to, for the Boy Scouts. They got to go outside, and they, do, they would do fire, and they could use knives, and that's not something that's allowed in the Girl Scouts. And also, um, it seemed like the program books changed a lot in the Girl Scouts, so that was a little confusing. I don't know if it's like that in the Boy Scouts. Thank you, Lynn, for your call. I wanted to bring into the conversation now Mary Barnaby, CEO of Girl Scouts of Connecticut. Thanks for coming in. Um, my pleasure, Lucy. Uh, reaction to this news? Well, you know, I, I think I've said before that I, I, I we want choices for families. We want choices for girls. That's always a good thing. But I just think quite simply, I'll say it, I think we are in a much better position to help girls to become leaders and to thrive and succeed in society because we've been doing this for 105 years.
you know, we have very similar programs to the Boy Scouts. I think the last caller mentioned we can't go outside and start fires. Well, we don't start fires, but we we can build fires and we go camping and we have adventure, high adventure camps. And we have, um, you know, we have girls going down the Connecticut River for three days canoeing. We have STEM programming. But I think the fundamental difference in the way we do it is really what we feel makes Girl Scouting a great choice for a girl because it's all done with a focus on her growth as a young woman and a leader. And, you know, we do know there's research. It shows that um, girls, when they get to middle school level, they tend to not raise their hand. They tend to pull away from the sciences and math. And our all of our programs are really geared to helping that young girl, that young woman, discover herself and feel um, that she has the empowerment to become the person and the leader that she's meant to be. Do you feel that there will be less girls that choose the Girl Scouts now, that this, this opportunity is opening up with the Boy Scouts of America? I don't think so. I think that we have to do a good job in Girl Scouting of, um, you know, really messaging the value proposition of the leadership and the, you know, the, the value of girl-led, girl-centric programming to parents. Because I think that, you know, I know the Boy Scouts is talking about making it more convenient for families, and that's important in our world today. But as I've said, I hope that it's not just a, a convenience um, factor because I really believe that um, if you dig in, you have to see what's best for my daughter and make sure that the, the time that she's spending outside of school is really giving her what she needs to, to grow and to thrive and to succeed. I want to take another call now. Uh, Michael's calling from Killingworth. Michael, you're on the show. Oh, doesn't look like uh, Michael is there. Let's try uh, Hannah from Rocky Hill. Hannah, are you there? Yep, I'm here. So what's your Thanks take? Taking my call. Um, well, I'm a. I was a Girl Scout all my life. I am like old Lord, and I just feel like this decision kinda is undercutting the Girl Scout organization yet again. Um, and when I was a Girl Scout, just being able to surround myself with the troop leaders I had, they were excellent examples of leaders. And I have a whole group of women that we are still connected to this day and just to see how the Girl Scouts affected us in our lives. It definitely taught me all the important leadership skills that I probably wouldn't have learned if I was, I didn't participate in the organization. And I feel like a girl, if she wants to participate in Boy Scouts, then I definitely support that. But it feels like the Boy Scouts are kind of trying to undercut us and what we stand for, sort of. Hannah, can I ask you, you mentioned that you learned a lot of leadership skills within the Girl Scouts. Uh, tell me about some of the programs you think that helped you. Um, well, definitely the uh, going for the gold award was probably the most um, substantial learning experience. I organized a benefit concert for a scholarship that I raised uh, like 2000 or $3,000 for to support a student who couldn't afford an instrument uh, in the elementary school and just all the communication skills that taught me and um, how to basically organize a whole event was something I really valued and still use to this day. 
Well, thank you, uh, Hannah, for your call. Uh, Mary, she mentioned going for the Gold Award. Tell me about that. Well, you know, it's kind of interesting. The Gold Award has been around for over 100 years. We've, we celebrated our centennial last year. And that really is an incredible, extraordinary achievement. And, you know, there's been some talk about, wow, great, now girls can get their Eagle Scout Award. Well, for 100 years, we have been ha- seeing young women spend um, 80 to 100 hours of community service. They have to have their their project has to be approved by a committee. They have to, it has to be sustainable. It has to make a difference and solve a problem in their community. And so, um, well, you know, again, the letting girls into the Boy Scouts will maybe perhaps allow them to, to achieve their Eagle Scout Award. It's not lacking in the Girl Scouts that there's an opportunity for girls to really do something phenomenal. And when they go to college and they go in, or it's in the military service, these are also often recognized with, through scholarships and also higher rankings. We just like have to do a better job of, of marketing ourselves. I'll ask uh, Stephen Smith to come back into the conversation. We heard from a couple of, of callers, but I'm curious about the, you know, going for the gold award. We hear about the Eagle Scout, and that's a really big deal, and how there's different weight um, carried with that um, in the real world. I think Mary hit it head on. Uh, there's just a lack of knowledge what the gold award is, and it's very, very similar to the Boy Scout Eagle Award. It's just the Eagle badge is much more recognized, and it's a brand that's been well established over the years. Uh, we got a tweet from a listener, uh, Stephen, uh, who wanted to know a little bit more about how many uh, girls are actually involved. You, you, uh, that you've said several times that girls have been allowed to participate in certain programs, but um, in terms of, of, of ratios and percentages, how many girls are involved? It's probably about twenty twenty-five percent of our pop of our membership. Girls. You mentioned the local chapters voted unanimously uh, when uh, the national uh, had your national meeting. But what was some of the pushback that you may have heard um, within certain um, local chapters? And I, it's the same thing you're hearing in the media all over the place. Um, the Boy Scouts are for boys, and they don't realize there's already girls in the program. As recently as this past summer, we had our national jamboree, and there were a lot of girls there um, participating. I think you had asked a little earlier about timing of what's bringing this on. The North American Scouting Association is hosting the World Jamboree in the United States in 2019. The majority of the Scouting Association are co-ed. And other than Saudi Arabia and Yemen type countries, they're all co-ed now. So it's we're more joining the international organization than stepping out of it. And it just kind of dovetails in that this is probably part of the planned time, that it's the right time to do it. Mary Barnaby, again, CEO of Girl Scouts of Connecticut. Let's talk more about that. We, we did hear that, and as Stephen mentioned, too, that m- many of the organizations, scouting organizations uh, worldwide are co-ed. So what does this mean for the future of the Girl Scouts? Well, it, you know, I think it means that girls are our business, and that's what we do. And I think that, you know, I, I talk to my peers all over the country, and we know that in this country, I mean, you can look at what we see in the news today about women kind of still being looked at sometimes as, you know, auxiliaries to men in terms of their 
their role in society or in terms of how they develop the confidence to lean in and to really um, to feel that they are um, they are um, really part of solving the problems of our world and taking on leadership roles. If you look at Congress, um, 20 percent of Congress is women and 51 percent of our population. So we still feel very strongly um, that girls need special support and help. And we've been putting programming together for over 100 years that really addresses the need for leadership. And by the way, I'm the mother of three stepsons and a son, and I want my boys to be successful too. And I do think that Boy Scouting has something special for them. I think when you begin to look at the the blurred lines and take away some of the, the really incredible role models that we have for our girls, that it's really going to really hurt a whole generation of future women leaders. So um, I believe strongly that girls are our business. We do it better than anyone else. And uh, we want to keep fighting for that because uh, we think it's really necessary in our country and in our society. I want to take a few more listener calls. Jose is calling from Marlboro. Jose, you're on the show. Yes. Hi. Um, So I have pretty much lived uh, my whole life involved in the scout program. Grew up in Portugal uh, where uh, a lot of programs were combined, uh, both uh, boys and girls on the same um, Cub Scout level and Scout level. Um, and, and that seemed to, to be just fine. Uh, I, I do understand the complexities as the kids get into teenager years um, and uh, maybe not be as focused as the programs. Um, in the U.S., I have been part of an LDS uh, troop leader for the last uh, 15 years. My son um, just on Eagle Scout last year. Um, I have to admit, don't know much about the Girl Scout program. Uh, did try to enlist my daughter uh, when she was young, um, and the, I was told by that the troop was full, but I could have created another troop if I wanted. Um, and that kind of soured my my taste a little bit about the. And I, it's not a reflection on the program at all. Um, but I don't didn't get to experience that, and I was sad that my daughter could not participate in the same level that my son was participating. Um, as an LDS troop, would have to be excluded. Uh, so I, I believe that uh, even if the scout organization goes forward with this, they have to main, give each troop the ability to maintain uh, separate if their own beliefs or, or requirements would 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 have that. Um, so that's one thing for the Scouts, for the Boy Scout of America, is to allow individual troops to have their choice uh, whether they're going to uh, combine or keep it separate. Well, thank uh, you. Thank you, Jose, for your call. Have uh, Mary Barnaby respond, and then I'll get uh, Stephen's perspective. Well, I, you know, I think to to the point that was just made that um, that there there should be the decision of the true of the troop leader, I guess, to um, to go ahead and decide if they want to keep it co-ed or 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 single gender. Um, I I I think ultimately that's what will happen. I think ultimately that's what will, especially if this convenience factor. But I do think I do want to mention the importance and to address the gentleman's remark about not having a troop. That is one of our biggest challenges in Connecticut. We serve thirty two thousand girls in Girl Scouting and we have about 16,000 adult members, and about 10,000 of them are direct service volunteers. 
volunteers, troop leaders, and and other direct service volunteers. And we, you know, if I could say anything on this call today, and I sure I speak for Steve on this as well, we're going to need more volunteers to do this. If our organizations are going to go back into growth mode, which I think we both really want to see happen, because I think we both agree we have great programs to deliver and we have great work to do. Um, I think we do need more volunteers and we do need more adults who, who will come in. So I think that, you know, ultimately we're going to pretty much, and I, I do want to also mention that in Girl Scouting, we are looking to not only reach girls in affluent communities, but we really want to get to girls that are in in underserved communities. And that really requires um, funding and it also requires volunteers. So I think, you know, ultimately um, this will evolve. Um, but again, I hope parents will take a look closely at us before they make decisions. Stephen Smith with Connecticut Rivers Council. Uh, we heard from the caller and, and Mary, Mary mentioning that um, the decisions will go be up to the individual um, chapters in terms of who's leading these troops and which ones remain boys and which ones are girls? Correct. The Boy Scouts are organized a little different than the Girl Scouts as far as we require a chartered partner or a community partner in wherever we start the units at. And it will be the community partner's choice of if they do the boy-girl program or if they do a boy-only or a girl-only program. But it is the programs will be separate, boys and girls. I want to take uh, one more call before we go to break. This is where we live. Uh, today we're talking about the recent announcement by the Boy Scouts of America that they will allow girls to join the Cub Scouts and other and the Boy Scouts, the older program, uh, starting uh, next year. Uh, you can join the conversation, 860-275-7266. Pat's calling from New Haven. Pat, you're on the show. Uh, good morning. I wondered if uh, I should say that I'm the aunt of three Eagle Scouts and one gold uh, a Girl Scout who achieved gold, and very proud of them. Um, I wonder if the Boy Scouts ever considered approaching the Girl Scouts to have a conversation about a merger, and if the Girl Scouts ever considered that too. It just seems like there must be a lot of um, efficiencies of scale that could be achieved if if the two organizations, which certainly do have related missions, could team up um, and share promotion, it sounds like uh, recruiting uh, an adequate number of trained volunteers uh, is a challenge, particularly to serve people in, to serve young people in underserved communities. Any, has there been any conversation at a national level about a collaborative approach rather than competition. Thank you, Pat, for your question. Mary? Uh, you know, I, I, I do know conversations have taken place over the years I, with our national leadership um, on both sides. Um, I think that there was a little bit of concern uh, on the part, and there's been some press about this, that the Boy Scouts announcement was kind of um, made in a kind of a sudden way without the opportunity to really have those conversations. So I won't, I can't speak for the national organization in terms of whether or not a merger is something strategically that they see as valuable. But, but you know, I do want to say that we've worked very well with the Boy Scouts over the years here in Connecticut. We've done joint events. We have a phenomenal event every year at Sikorsky Aircraft where um, it's a very STEM-oriented program for girls and boys. There are others, there's been um, joint recruiting efforts that we have. We don't intend to change that. We, you know, we can always locally 
continue to support um, collaboration where that really makes sense. But I still just want to stress that um, when it comes to really achieving the kind of goals for girls in terms of their leadership and the outcomes, the five outcomes that we um, express, we think we think that you know we do have the programming in place that really um, helps us to um, help girls to accomplish those goals. Stephen, your your response to um, how the national uh, leaders can work better together? I really I. Going back in time, I the sister organization, it was like, why don't you get together with the Girl Scouts? Actually, the Boy Scouts created Campfire Girls and that was our sister organization for years and 65 years actually. And at that point, the Campfire Girls decided that they were going to go co-ed and obviously that wasn't a good pairing for us to continue. So did the national organizations get together? I don't know. I just I don't know if that happened. I can tell you here in Connecticut, as Mary said, we do work together. And whether girls decide Girl Scouts or girls decide Boy Scouts or Boy Scouts decide that Boy Scouts is where they want to be, even within the Boy Scouts, we have kids in our STEM program that they're never going to go hiking and camping and that's the last thing they want to do. They just – that's not their interest. I think the bigger thing is what we're looking at is both programs teach values. Both programs teach ethical decision-making. Both programs teach leadership skills. And that's really more important that in today's society, we need our children to learn these values. And I don't care if they're in the Girl Scouts. I don't care if they're in the Boy Scouts. We need to start teaching values and start worrying about the youth that are coming up through – that they get these skill sets to help lead our country to the future, not just right. today. And filling the job needs because we have really career – need career-ready young people in our, in our state and in our country. And I think both organizations really care about that. This is Where We Live. I'm Lucy Nalpathanchel. Again, in studio with me, Mary Barnaby, CEO of Girl Scouts of Connecticut, and Stephen Smith, CEO of Scout Executive at Connecticut Rivers Council, as we talk about how these youth organizations are changing to attract more members more than 100 years since the groups began. Up next, we hear from one Connecticut parent who is a Cub Scout leader, and we want to hear from you, too. Were you a Boy Scout growing up? What's your reaction to the news? The Boy Scouts of America will now accept girls into uh, two of its uh, most popular programs. You can join the conversation, 860-275-7266. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at Where We Live. This is Where We Live. I'm Lucy Nalpathanchel. What do firmer, less porous borders mean for the people who live in borderlands? Coming up tomorrow, we'll talk about how attitudes have changed along the U.S.-Mexico border in the age of Build the Wall, plus movements to build new borders. We'll talk about the fallout from two separate independence referendums in Catalonia and Kurdistan. What happens now? You can join the conversation on Where We Live. That's tomorrow. Now, today we're talking about youth organizations in light of news that the Boy Scouts of America will accept girls in its more than 100-year history. What draws parents to these groups, as well as the Girl Scouts? Is your child a member? If not, tell us why. Join the conversation, 860-275-7266. I want to welcome a Connecticut father in studio with us. Ryan Hansen is den leader and cub master for PAC 266, based in Suffield, Connecticut. Ryan, welcome to the show. Hi, Lucy. Thanks for having me on. So I understand that you were not a Boy Scout growing up? I, I was a Cub Scout for several years. Uh, I grew up in northern Wisconsin. We did, we did not have uh, the kind of program that we have in Suffield, Connecticut. We have a very, very 
uh, popular program in town. Um, I think we have close to 100 uh, Cub Scouts this year. Um, and my wife and I run our, our den, which is the fourth graders this year, and we have 20, 20 boys just in our den, which is a very large den. It's the same size as some packs. So uh, we have a great program in town. There's a lot of lingo I've been learning. So Cub <laughs> yeah. Scouts is for younger boys. K through the, 5. K through 5. Yeah. And then the older boys is technically in the Boy Scouts. Yes. Uh, halfway through their fifth grade year, we have a, a, a ceremony called the Blue and Gold, and that's when the boys cross the bridge ceremoniously into the Boy Scouts. So that'll be for our group. That'll be next year. So what's your reaction uh, to the, the national news that the Boy Scouts of America will allow girls to, the, to enter into the Cub Scouts next year? Yeah, um, unlike Stephen, I mean, we just found out last week, um, we uh, literally have not had a committee meeting or a PAC meeting uh, since we heard the news. So I've, I've talked to as many people as I could. I've, I've reached out to some, even some of the Girl Scout leaders in our town. Um, uh, and, you know, that, there's mixed reactions, just like uh, you'd think. Um, I, I, I think we're going to, um, like Stephen said, it's, it's up to our charter organization. They could say no. If they tell us that we, we, we can't have girls and, and we're not going to be able to do it, they would have to start their own pack in town. Um, I personally, as a Cub Master, I, we want to embrace the change. Um, we're, we're excited. We, we always have our sisters of the Cub Scouts are always joining us at the meetings and doing the same things as their brothers. Um, at the same time, we, we have a really good relationship with the Girl Scouts in town, and I, I would never want to do anything to damage that. Um, I've talked to several of their leaders this weekend, and, and they have mixed feelings uh, about the whole thing. Um, but um, I don't think we're going to actively recruit. We don't want to steal Girl Scouts. But if, if they want to come join our group, we're going we're to definitely let them. Earlier we talked about um, how uh, the Boy Scouts appear to be more of the conservative organization, the Girl Scouts more progressive in the last 50 years. Uh, but that's that something that you think parents are even thinking about? Or is it more convenience? If my son is in the Boy Scouts and I have a daughter, why not have them both be part of one organization? Uh, absolutely. Um, I th we have many families. We actually have, uh, I think, four or five Girl Scout leaders that are also Cub Scout moms in our pack alone. So um, you know, we're, we're always together. I think it, it would make it th easier for parents. Um, we, we don't get really heavily religious or political ever in our, in our group. We, we get together and we have fun. We go camping. Um, we teach the boys how to cook, how to, how to start fires, how to use safety with knives. I mean, we, stuff that all little kids can, can benefit from. So. And Mary Barnaby, CEO of uh, the Girl Scouts of Connecticut, girls are learning this too in their troops? Yeah, we, we do have, you know, it's interesting too, and Stephen said this before, you know, some girls love the outdoors. That outdoors for both of our organizations is still really, really a, an important thing. But we do also have other choices for girls that maybe aren't as interested. And uh, we do have, you know, primitive camping, and we also have Clamping, which is for girls that want to be in the outdoors a little bit more, but maybe don't like, you know, having no flushies or um, so, it, you know, it really is. We do have the gamut and we do have um, we just came out with 23 new badges, which are all around STEM and outdoor adventure. We're, we're coming out with some new civic uh, engagement badges because we think, you know, we, it's time in our in our society to really re reminding everyone that that's what we stand for as organizations. So we do have it. And again, we do it with a spin on really girl-led, being girl-led and girl-centric. And that's the, that's really, I think, what, what will differentiate us in this situation. Joe's calling from South Windsor. Joe, you're on the show. Hi. Uh, I have two sons, adult sons, who are Eagle Scouts. I was a scout when I was a child, 
and I've been involved with um, the Scouts as a den leader, etc. Um, for at least 30, 35 years, I advocated for the Boy Scouts to change their position on homosexuals. And I was told again and again that it really wasn't the Boy Scouts organization. It was their community partners, which is to say the Catholic churches and the LDS churches, which were strong partners with the Boy Scouts that kept them from changing that stand. Now, I understand that up until a certain point, the LDS church paid the dues for every young man in their community to enter the Boy Scouts. And since they have stopped doing that and said they were going to start their own boys organization, which essentially, you know, undercut most of the funding for the Boy Scouts in most of the country, that's when the Boy Scouts now made this move. And I think this is the elephant in the room that has to be talked about. And I wonder if the leaders that you have there will address the tremendous influence that the churches have by virtue of being the community partners with the Boy Scouts. Thank you, Joe, for uh, your question. I'll let uh, Stephen Smith with Connecticut River Council address that. No doubt. Our charter partners absolutely do play a key part in the scouting program and molding what we do deliver. A couple of the statements you made were slightly inaccurate. The older youth program at the LDS Church was the part that was dropped. The part that was dropped actually impacted our council of over 20,000 kids. They had eight um, in that program, so it's not as significant as media would portray it to be. And currently, yes, the LDS Church does pay for the registration fee for all of their youth in the program. And not every LDS youth has to be a member of the program. And that isn't the way it's done in Connecticut. You know, I asked the question earlier to both Mary and Stephen uh, Ryan about where the, the organi- organizations go from here, considering that um, abroad you have so many of these scouting uh, groups that have merged and are co-ed. I mean, you mentioned that you think it's a you're not going to want to steal girls from uh, local Girl Scout uh, uh, troops. But, you know, do you think that at some point it makes sense to have a merger? Um yeah, it, it, it's a very confusing past. I've, I've read a lot of stuff this weekend kind of preparing to come in here, and there was the Campfire Girls. It sounds like we did have a sister organization for a while, and uh, and the Girl Scouts was kind of inspired from Lord Baden-Powell. I think uh, uh, Juliette Lowe met uh, Baden-Powell, and uh, that, that's where she got inspired to create Girl Scouts. Um, I don't know. That's a, It's a <laughs> tough question. Uh, you know, I, I, I think we'll go – I think it's great that uh, – Boys have a place to be by themselves sometimes, and girls have a place. I, I think there's nothing wrong with having uh, separate organizations. Uh, when we allow the girls in, they're, they're going to be in separate dens. Um, I think when I first heard the news, uh, I think a lot of fathers and a lot of uh, men in this country probably had the same kind of thoughts. That you, we thought of these old paintings of uh, Norman Rockwell of the Scouts, and, you know, this is such an old tradition of just just boys being by themselves. But... Um, we do. We always have had uh, women involved. We we have a lot of uh, great den moms. This, like I said, the sisters are always there with us. We're always together anyway. So I, I you know, it's uh, I, I do have mixed feelings with with everybody on this issue. But uh, like I said, we're going to embrace it, and I I think uh, I think going forward, both programs are going to be just fine. I don't think this is going to be the end of Boy Scouts or the end of Girl Scouts. We're just going to keep going, and I think it's going to be fine. Oh, one more uh, caller uh, before we end. Dominic's calling from New Britain. Dominic, we have about a minute. Go ahead. Hi, I just wanted to say that I was actually an Eagle. Well, I am an Eagle Scout, 
And uh, personally, I think this is an absolutely positive move that just kind of brings the great scouting experience that I had to all people that want to have that opportunity. Well, thank you, Dominic, uh, for your uh, comment. I'll go back to, to Mary in terms of the future of the Girl Scouts of America. <laughs> we just heard from Ryan, uh, who's a Cub Master in Suffield, uh, that he doesn't see that the organizations will end. But at times, girls need to be with girls. Boys need to be with boys. I mean, is that... Yeah, I, I do think there's a lot of research. There's a lot of neuroscience that says their brains are different. And, you know, we really want to make sure that we're going to continue to give girls the experiences that they need to become really successful and I like to say partner with men in really making the world a better place because that's really what we're all about. And it's up to the parents to decide which organization works best for their children. Like give us, a, you know, give us, kick our tires, you know, before you make a decision because I think that we are really, um, we, every girl should have the right fit and the right choice. Well, I want to thank uh, Mary Barnaby again. She is CEO of the Girl Scouts of Connecticut. Thank you for coming in. And uh, before we end the show, uh, Ryan Hansen, you'd mentioned that uh, you weren't you were a Cub Scout, but you never were a Boy Scout. But you're seeing a lot of popularity in your particular town. Why do you think that is? Well, I, I can uh, I can speak for our den. Um, we 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 plan a lot of fun events throughout the year. We've we've done a lot of things the last few years. We also have great parents. You know, we've, we've all become a big group of friends. We love going out and camping together. And uh, I, I think any young person would love to get out in the woods. Kids today, they're, they're so, they can get so tied up with video games and iPads and electronics and cell phones. And uh, when we have a Cub Scout event, we don't allow, there's no electronics allowed. Parents can have their, their cell phones. <laughs> and can I just say, I put a plug in for people like Ryan who and our volunteers all over the state for Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts because they really are the, the backbone of, of scouting. Thank you. Right. Yeah, tell your parents to, or the parents of the scouts to leave the phones at home. <laughs> 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 I want to thank uh, Ryan Hansen again, den leader and cub master for PAC 266 based in Suffield, Connecticut, which happens to be where I live. Ryan, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. And can I real quick say happy birthday to my son, Max? It's <laughs> happy ten, birthday. 10th birthday today. And hi, Sammy. Okay. <laughs> also, Stephen Smith, CEO, scout executive of Connecticut Rivers Council. Thank you for coming in today. Thank you. Today's show produced by Lydia Brown, senior producer of Where We Live. Our technical producer is Kion Wolf. WMPR's executive producer, Katie Tolarski. Learn more about the show, wmpr.org slash where we live. I'm Lucy Nalpithanchel. As always, thanks for listening. <laughs>